We are perfectly not normal. I'm Epi. And I'm Michaela. We love storytelling, so we have made this podcast a storytelling podcast. We invite different people with amazing stories and we give them the platform to share their life. We have learned so much from our past episodes and we're ready to learn more. Although our situation has changed on the way we record, we are still able to tell stories through Zoom. In this season, we're not able to record face-to-face, but through Zoom, it has allowed us to hear stories from all over the country. This is season three of Perfectly Not Normal. Welcome back to Perfectly Not Normal. If you're not aware or you're not that into this podcast, we pretty much tell stories on here. Um, We are your host. I'm Epi. And I'm Michaela. And so, yeah, I'm really excited. This is going to be a little different than our usual podcast episode. Michaela, why is that? Because this is a special, it's a special episode, and we're going to be focusing on why it is important to vote. Right. So during this season, we're about to start a season of when pretty much everyone needs to be on their feet and everyone who is available to participate or can should participate. And so we're going to get deep into it, why we should participate, why it's important, and we're going to have someone who, one, is really passionate about all of this stuff, two, I honestly trust a lot with these stuff, like, this person knows her stuff, and three, she's also very good at talking, (laughs) so she's, like, really good at explaining things that I definitely would not be able to explain. This person I always come to when I'm like, um, so I don't understand this, can you please, like, literally speak as like if I'm a child because I don't get it (laughs) you know and so and she does she explains everything so well and so I am so excited that she's here yes so I really hope that whoever's listening if you end up listening to the whole thing you learn a lot from this person and learn about why what we're going to talk about is very important and you can trust her because she studies it she wants to do this kind of thing in her future in like different ways and it's going to be super cool so yeah so let's inter- let's let her introduce herself. So she's gonna say her name, um, what she's studying right now, what she wants to do when she has her dream job, and what her seventh favorite um, American president is. Yes, <laughs> good one. All right. Hi, my name is Annie. Uh, I'm a marketing major, but I'm planning on also adding a political science minor in the fall. Uh, My dream job is to work in political campaign consulting, so working with communication strategy as well as messaging strategy and advertising strategy. And my seventh favorite president, that, ooh, this is toughy because I feel like everyone always talks about who your favorite president is, who your least favorite president is. Right. But the seven is like you go down the line, and that's yeah. why we love this. And there are so many to choose from, so it's not like if it's I know there's forty, there's forty five there, right? Can I have a hot take on this? <laughs> I'm gonna say Obama. Okay. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people like him because it's um, he's obviously the most recent president, other than our current president. Right. And I think he was pretty good at his job, but I don't think he was the best. And I think there's I have other presidents who I like better, and yeah. How about let's just dive into it? Where should we start? Because there's so much we can talk about. So we basically want this episode 
to be used like at any time. Like we want you to be able to listen to this episode at any time and at any point in time because it's about why we should vote. And I mean, obviously that happens every four years and for other elections every two years. Hey, look, I'm teaching you guys. Oh, something. you're learning. <laughs> you're not, you're not learning. but yeah so what do you think yeah annie what do you think we should start like what's the most important like message and then we can get into like the whys and stuff i think now um, obviously with the passage of the 13th and 14th and 19th amendment um, everyone in america has the right to vote as long as you're a citizen but that does exclude felons unfortunately in a lot of states um, according to certain crimes if you commit them and you are uh, charged and serve time for them, even after you serve time, you are still not allowed to vote. Also, in the United States, we've seen a history of disenfranchisement of women, obviously, but also um, black people, obviously. But even when the country was first founded, even if you were a white man, unless you owned land, and typically that meant slaves and property and a house, and were a farmer, you still weren't allowed to vote. So it's really been through a lot of progress within the last 200 years that we've seen the availability to voting for everyone, which is why it's so important to exercise that vote because it's been pretty recently that we were all able to do that. I mean, we even see back in the passage of the multiple voting rights acts and civil rights acts in the 60s eliminated poll taxes, which was in order to vote, you had to pay a really high price and a really high tax or you had to pay uh, or pass a literacy test, which is often just an extremely difficult test of the history of the United States, proving you were able to read. These things were only ever given to black people in an effort to keep black people from voting. And it literally, until about 50 years ago, these were still in place. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So just I, looking back at our American history, it's just, we, the right to vote is a special right. And the fact that it's been denied for, to so many people for so long. And so now that we, it is so much easier to vote, it is really important that you take the time to even just look up who your representatives are, to learn a little bit about them, and to see if there's maybe someone who you might want more in that position, and taking the time to exercise that right. That's a really great introduction to just start off and say, your right to vote is, it, like most people didn't get it. And so you really should. Um, appreciate it and not take it for granted because most people didn't be able to be able to even get to vote and so that's why we want to bring this podcast to you because guess what you have the right to vote yay ding 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 unless you're under (laughs) unless you're under the age of 18 (laughs) here's a cool thing this is okay for us we're all in our 19 to 20 year olds now we this is going to be our first presidential election that we get to participate in because I personally was like a few months late and I was kind of like, oh, I, I could have done it. But yeah, this is going to, this is a big deal. We're going to do it for the first time. Oh, what would you say to the people who have never done it before? Maybe they know like about it, but they don't know how to, ex- like what to expect, how it works. What would you say to the young people, the people who are just starting off with it? I don't know if it's just me, but I, so I voted back in the midterms election back in 2018 because I was old enough at that time. Uh, but like you said, this is still my first presidential election. But I still thought it was really fun. It was really, ex- maybe that's just me being a total politics nerd. But it's still really exciting to have that feeling of going into a voting booth. And even if it does have a longer wait or if it does take some time, it's 
really empowering and really exciting to say, hey, I trust this person to represent me in this specific position. I want them in this position. I'm empowering them, especially if you're electing someone who is a minority or a woman or someone who might not traditionally have that opportunity. It's really, it's just a great feeling to take your rights and your democracy and your municipality or country or whatever it is, your, whatever election you're voting for, taking that into your own hands and being a part of that is really exciting and really important. And it's a really great feeling. Plus, you get a fun sticker afterwards. I was about so. to say that. You can get all those Instagram <laughs> pics with the sticker. <laughs> it's true. So do people vote now for the, because they can? Or do they do it for the sticker? I don't know. That's a hard question. <laughs> I feel like there's definitely both. I know there are some people that do it because they want the sticker. voting versus when people just go vote to say they voted but aren't really informed. Right. So it can be really challenging. Obviously in a presidential election that gets a lot more news coverage and so you're probably more aware of your choices. I mean I'm sure everyone knows who our president is if you're about to go vote and you're more likely to know who your their opponent is. But and as important as that election is, obviously go vote for president that is super important and you need to do that. It's also really, really important to be looking at local elections. These are in, for Senate races, especially, and con- congressional races and state Senate races. I mean, these are the people who are really choosing our laws and creating and writing and voting on our laws. And that can be very hard to research and that can be very hard to be informed on. Even me, sometimes I don't want to have to go when I'm about to vote or knowing that I'm voting soon, I don't want to have to go look up on Ballotpedia or go look online on the Congress, congressional website to see what my voting district is, to see who my congressman is, to go and then go research not only their policies, but see who's running against them, researching that. And it can be really laborious and difficult. But eventually, it comes when it comes down to it, it is really important to know who and why you're voting. Because if you're just voting willy-nilly, you're more likely to vote for something you don't necessarily agree with and the more likely you are to vote for something that you don't support. Mm. Say, um, for example, your representative believes that we should outlaw chocolate as kind of a silly example, but you really like chocolate. I mean, most people do, but you don't take the time to research that. You might accidentally help elect someone who wants to ban chocolate, Mm. which obviously is not going to have a positive impact on you. But Mm. say instead they have an opponent who loves chocolate. They love um, milk chocolate and Reese's and white chocolate, any kind of candy you might imagine, and you really want to support them, and you've taken the time to research them and to get your friends into researching it, and you all learn about this candidate who loves chocolate, so that when you go vote, you can elect someone who actually represents you and your beliefs and puts policies in place that you can really support and get behind. What would you say is your, like, the, the way that you have informed yourself the most? Like, through what source or like do you do podcasts or do you like to read more articles or is there like something that like kind of lays out each candidate like what have you done to inform yourself yeah so when I first started researching and learning about politics I really just took to the internet it was a lot of google searches and simple google searches like what is congress what does congress do what are the branches of government and things like that obviously I'd taken U.S. history in school but I didn't really care about it or remember a lot of it 
And so just um, a lot of just simple Google searches going on the government's website. The government has a lot of resources that just outline who your representative is. You can check their voting record. You can check um, just other municipalities in your area and just learn about the basic functions of our government, which is really helpful. Um, sites, again, the government websites, also ballotpedia.org, I believe, is super helpful, really accurate information, basic facts. It's not a news site, so there's no analysis. It's not a, there's no media bias or anything like that. Again, gives you basic information about your representatives, who's running against them, when they're up for re-election, stuff like that. So that's at your most basic level. Um, again, obviously, I'm really into politics. This is my thing. So as I got more into it, I spent a lot of time listening to the 538 podcast. Um, very great if you're really into the nitty gritty of elections and politics and voting share and stuff like that. Also, The Daily is a great news podcast to help you stay informed. It's about 30 minutes, Monday through Friday, from the New York Times. You can find that anywhere you listen to your podcast, anywhere you listen to Perfectly Not Normal. Um, <laughs> it is a pretty good I, podcast, not going to lie. It is. Um, and then also just staying up with the news. Personally, I really like NPR and BBC and the AP, which are more um, unbiased and more moderate sources of information. Those are really helpful if you just want to get the facts. Places like the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times are better if you want some more analysis. I like to turn to those spaces and those um, news organizations if there's a topic I don't know a lot about or if I know the basic facts already, but I want some help with the analysis and I don't really know what to think about it. That's really great if you just want a, more of an explanation to know why the facts matter and you want to know the contents of the facts. So for the people, I'm just going to say, for the people who have never done it before, how would it work? Like, how would you explain how it works to actually vote? So the first step is you have to register to vote. And depending on your state, the voting process varies a lot, which is kind of unfortunate, but it has to do a lot with how your town, your state votes and elects their government officials and their state officials, something like that. Um, but the easiest step to learn about registering is you Google how to register to vote in blank states. So I live in Illinois, grew up in Illinois, so when I Google how to register to vote in Illinois, the first link that usually pops, pops up is your state's government website that will register you to vote. Typically, you just have to put in your birth date and your, if you have a state ID or a driver's license, you can put in that number. I know that's what it is for Illinois. But a lot of states also have either absentee voting or they have person in-person registration. So if you don't feel like registering online, forget to, whatever, you can just go to your voting, voting booth and a lot of times you can just tell them, hey, I'm not registered. I want to register now. You just give them typically some form of ID. Some states don't even require an ID. You just give them their your address and your name, and they'll register you, hand you a ballot, and you can just go vote. So that's, so registering is the first step. Then you actually have to go vote. And there's four different ways to do this. You can either do absentee or in-person. So in-person is traditional. You wait in line. You give them your name. They give you a ballot. You go either to a machine or to a table. Pick who you want to vote, and then hand them back the ballot. It's pretty simple, very self-explanatory, and there's always election officials there who will answer any questions and help you do that. Or you can do absentee ballots. Absentee ballots are very important if you are a college student who doesn't live at home anymore and can't really go home to vote. Or if you, for some reason, uh, are, say, especially in the time of coronavirus and where voting in person and being in large crowds might be more dangerous if you're immunocompromised, or if you have a physical disability that makes it hard to stand for long periods of time, you can request an absentee ballot. And again, these rules differ from state to state, 
but it's I requested my absentee ballot this year by again just googling how to get an absentee ballot to for Illinois first link that popped up filled it out had a ballot sent to me filled it out and it comes with a return address return label all that kind of stuff filled it out popped it in the envelope sent it in the mail and it was easy as that how do you know um when it's time to vote and like the dates and like um obviously it's gonna be different for where you live um but like there's so many different like um things like times to vote for different things mm-hmm. so maybe to talk talk about that so a fun fact i actually learned in my american history class american government class this semester is that there's an american election happening about i think once every other week they happen all the time for Whoa. different municipalities and different little things like that. Obviously, we're not voting for a president every other week. Uh, that happens every <laughs> that, as you oh know. Oh my gosh, imagine that. That's <laughs> insane. Oh my goodness. Who would like, how could they ever be in charge? That would be crazy. But anyway, um, a little trick of thumb going from the biggest terms to the smallest terms. Um, senators are elected every six, or there's, they're elected every six years. But not all senators are reelected at the same time. It's kind of a revolving door where every two years, there's a different senators up for re-election. Mm-hmm. So this year, I believe, uh, Dick Durbin, who's one of the Illinois senators, is up for re-election, I believe. Uh, that could be wrong, but I have to double check that. But if he is re-elected, he won't be re-elected for another six years. Oh, wow. But in two years, during the midterm elections of 2022, there will be another third of the senators are up for re-election. Mm. So that's the longest term in federal politics. Then there is presidential races, which also happen every leap year. So we'll see one, saw one in 2016, there's one in 2020, and there'll be one in 2024 and 2028 are the next couple. Then we have uh, your local races. And the really the best way to follow up with your local races is to be involved with your village, your town hall, your village, your city hall, whatever that looks like in your area. You can a lot of times through local newspapers and local journals, or even just calling and asking, "Hey, like, when is this person up for re-election? How does this work?" You can get a lot of information. Um, thankfully, again, the internet is a great resource, and your town will usually have a website. You can just log on, find all that information there. And this varies a lot more than congressional and presidential races too, because the fun thing about towns and states is that every town, village, and every state gets to pick when they want to elect their officials. They can elect them at any time during the year. It's, it's not set up in the Constitution when they have to do that. States get to decide, and it's which makes it really important to connecting with your town hall, connecting with your local city government, to making sure that you know when those elections are, who's running, and when to vote. Oh, I have a question. I just remembered. So we already talked about the different kinds of voting, whether it could be like in person, you go to a location. It's usually done in schools. I know that, at least where I'm from. But there's also like, if like you said, I personally live in New Jersey, but I go to school in Illinois. So it's really convenient to have that that process. It's a little more complicated, but it gets people involved even without having to relocate every single time. How do you think it's gonna look with the COVID-19 situation? Obviously you have to take a lot of precautions on that, 
How do you think it's going to be right now, or at least for this season? So this is actually a hot topic of political debate. There's a lot of really forceful feelings behind it. There's a lot of people saying that having only mail-in ballots and mailing in ballots to every single resident of the United States and every country or every state is going to be very expensive, which it would be. It's not going to be very environmentally friendly because you're printing out paper ballots and paper envelopes and return envelopes for every citizen in your state. And it could lead to some more election fraud. That's much more debatable about whether fraud is really a big issue with absentee ballots, but it is really worth considering. Obviously, we've seen in the past that having foreign agents coming in and and, um, affecting our elections has happened and has a large possibility happening again. But we want to protect that and make sure that doesn't happen. But coronavirus is still very real. Um, I think with everything that's been going on in the news recently, the fact that it's a little bit later in the crisis, we haven't really been paying as much attention to it, but it is still a very real threat. Until we have a vaccine and herd immunity is stronger, you are still very vulnerable to getting COVID-19, especially if you have comorbidities or underlying conditions or anything that makes you more susceptible to having disease. So gathering in large crowds, typically in a city hall or a school or a church, which is probably not a well-ventilated area where it's going to be very crowded and a lot of times you're touching the same pens or the same electric ballot voting machines and you're interacting with an election official who is then interacting with a ton of other voters really brings a lot of risk for COVID-19 infections especially if there is a further outbreak when it gets colder and in the fall and because there will be an overlap with cold and flu season at that time. So coming from the perspective of not really knowing much about this, why are we not just doing this completely online because this is 2020 by now? (laughs) Because that would not be very... So the first issue is that's that's just not secure. Um, there's a lot of evidence to actually show that even electric ballot boxes, when you go to vote, um, you'll typically get an option of having a paper ballot or sitting down at a physical booth and you have to press on a screen and then it prints out a card and that card is scanned somehow. Even there's some evidence showing that even those machines are very easy to hack from foreign agents and they're easy to be interfered with. So there's a lot of, um, pre-corona and pre-all this craziness talking about how public safety impacts voting. There's a large conversation happening around about whether we should do completely paper ballots for the rest of American history and rest of American voting. So obviously, everyone's going on voting from their own personal computers or their phones. They're not on private Wi-Fi. They might be using a VPN. Um, people in foreign countries can use a VPN to say that they're in the United States and trick their location. It's just really not safe. For um, it could it really lends itself out to fraud. I didn't even but, think about that. Yeah, it's a yes. large issue. But additionally, <laughs> broadband and a Wi-Fi is not very universal. We live in a more metropolitan areas, and we li- we go to we're university students. Where if for whatever reason the Wi-Fi in our residence halls or apartment isn't working, we can go to the library, or we can go to a Starbucks, or we can go somewhere relatively close, but usually within walking distance that has Wi-Fi. That is not the case in the majority of the country. Uh, a lot of places, especially out in really rural areas, out in the West, uh, out in Wyoming, out in poor and impoverished neighborhoods, don't have Wi-Fi. 
Wi-Fi is a privilege more than it is a right in this country, unfortunately. A lot of inner city kids can't afford to have Wi-Fi to even complete their homework. There was a trend of students who would, um, if they had to do complete homework online or had to submit homework online, would go to McDonald's or sit in McDonald's parking lots in order to access the free Wi-Fi there just to be able to do their homework. There were even discussions back when schools went online for coronavirus saying that maybe this work should all be optional because some kids have better access to internet than others. Yeah. Which, I mean, if this is just an issue within schools, think about how this is going to expand all over the country because you're going to have to face the same issues with the families who already were struggling with Wi-Fi to further spread for their own families and their own kids for schoolwork are probably not going to get it just to vote. Additionally, you're going to see elderly people who may not have a computer, might not have internet because that's just not the life they're used to living, and they don't really see the need for it. So why would they get Wi-Fi, get this extra expense, take the time to install it in their home just to vote? And the people who are less likely to have Wi-Fi anyway are the people who are also less likely to vote. So you're specifically inner city Black people and people who are out in really rural areas. So you're continuously disenfranchising people who are already less likely to vote. I'm learning a lot. <laughs> Me too. Over here, like, I, I know my stuff, but then, like, listening to this, I'm just like, oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's awesome. <laughs> so pretty much, moral of the story, go vote. Be useful in America. You have that privilege. If you really do have that privilege, you gotta be age. You are available to do these awesome things why not be a part of the change you know especially now there's a lot of change happening and it takes us even the younger generations like our generation z as we call it we're very unmotivated but when it comes to stuff like this this is important to tell people that you gotta be motivated for this you gotta participate so yeah annie what would you say um to the person who's listening right now and heard all of this and agreed with you, but is still not really interested in voting. What would you say is like your last, your last push to be like, this is really important? I would just tell them and remind them that we have rights in this country and we have the ability to go vote and we have a hand in our democracy because people have fought for it. And because people have taken the time to vote to elect officials, have that as a top priority, who understand they are elected officials and we are their boss and they could be fired and lose their job at any time. And that is not something that should be taken lightly. Mm-hmm. We see this in places like Hungary, um, which is a lesser known um, issue with voting. Uh, even though it's in Europe and even though it's a, considered a Western country, they don't really have voting rights. They technically live under a dict- dictatorship. More obviously, we see this in North places like North Korea and in China, where you do not have representative government. They are not allowed to elect their officials, speak out against their officials. They're not allowed to take the government in their own hands and elect people who truly represent them. Even in places like Russia, which do have elections, they're often rigged so that the ruling party continues to stay in rule. And if you want to keep that from happening in America, you have to go vote. You have to make sure we're electing people who truly care about helping others and not just about the power that it brings, because it is a lot of power to be able to write laws and govern people. Yeah. Well said. Thank you. Well, it's good. Thank you so much. Yeah. 
Um, I, this is just like, this is just a message. If you are listening right now and you happen to be part of the minority community, meaning any that's not white, it has been a wild ride for all of us, especially when it comes to the rights that we get in America, the privileges that we get to obtain with every year. I'm talking specifically about the Latino community because I'm Latina and I relate more to them than any other minority. There are a lot of people that have been fighting for this privilege that we get to vote for citizenship, for all of these things that we get available when it comes to America. And a lot of people either don't have it because it's incredibly difficult to be a citizen here in America, or they have been pushed around or they have been told no so many times that they have lost hope in pretty much getting involved in politics, right? But if you do have the power to do that, if you have the, how do you call it, the privilege to go vote, I really recommend you go do it because there's a lot of people that have been fighting for this, um, a lot of people fighting for the, um, for the minority community so that we can all get involved, so that we can make it all big. So if you're listening to this and you're a minority and you can vote, go do it. There's been a lot of people who have been trying so hard, so be part of the change and seriously go represent your nationality and vote. Yeah, and even if you aren't a citizen or if you are too young, you can still research candidates and you can still advocate for them to your friends who can vote. That doesn't mean that just because you're too young or you're not a citizen, you don't have a voice and you don't have a say in the ruling party of this country and who is governing our land. Yeah, well said. inform yourself now even if you can't vote for another two years or something like that. Inform yourself now so you know what you're um, looking at in the future. That's awesome. Well, this has been an awesome little Perfectly Not Normal special, and I have been, I'm so thankful, Annie, that you joined us. Yeah, thanks for letting me talk about something that I love. Yes, thank you for literally teaching us (laughs) so much. (laughs) In just a short amount of time, you packed so much knowledge in. I'm happy. (laughs) I'm glad. (laughs) (laughs) that was a good episode it was i'm really really thankful for this episode because personally i needed to hear all of that and learn more because i thought i knew everything like i was like yeah like just go vote but like also there's so much more behind it and it made me appreciate my right to vote literally yeah i feel the same way i always thought that i knew and i would say quote quote enough of it but honestly you're always learning you can never be at the end like oh i know everything the world is always changing and just like annie said the voting rights changed so much in the past 100 years and i think it's not gonna it's not gonna stop changing Things are always going to pop up. Things are always going to be added, taken out, replaced, switched up. There's, it's always going to change. So it's good to be informed on all of this. And it's important to know what's going on in our world and how we can be a part of it. For sure. Well said. And what, everything that Annie said was so well said. So I really hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If you loved this podcast as much as I did, then I want to encourage you to actually search through our old podcast and listen to some other other episodes because they're all good and you can also search us and find us on social media we are perfectly dot not dot normal (laughs) (laughs) that's our social media username (laughs) 
All right. Well, I guess all we have to say now is bye for now. Bye for now. <laughs>